Hi, me, John here, and I hope you are having a great day. Not great based on purely feelings, but great because you know that this thing called life is fixed so that no matter what, it will work out for your good. Why? Because your Heavenly Father is looking out for you. So if you are frowning, turn it upside down and put a smile on. And if you're already smiling, smile harder because God is good. Hopefully that encouraged you. Now let's dive into the word that Bishop James Ray Taylor shared with us this Why week. Why we're here. How many of you ever had the chance to meet Dr. Joseph Lee Jr.? You met him, you talked to him while he was alive, okay? Uh, how many of you never met him? Wow, <laughs> right? And so, uh, and, and don't, don't be sad, it's all right, amen? You keep living long enough, somebody not going to meet you either. <laughs> but they'll be sitting in, they'll be living through what you have done. This is my grandfather. This is the late Reverend Dr. Joseph Lee Jr. He founded this church October the 28th, uh, 1953. Now, prior to him founding this church, he was the youth pastor at the Old Bethel Baptist Church that's actually still standing right now. Uh, it's actually on Avalon, uh, just north of the 105. Uh, before you get to Imperial. And I've asked my grandfather, and many times I've had people tell me, man, this is an awesome name. Where did you come up with the name? I said, no, I didn't name the church. I'm the, actually the second pastor, not the first. Uh, and many times people would ask, had, uh, ask Pastor Lee. And I recall once me sitting and saying, Grandpa, uh, or as I affectionately called him, Paul, uh, what's, what's the story behind the name? Uh, and so he actually, uh, much like the picture that you see before you, he said that when he had received the call in 1953, he heard the Lord uh, telling him to start a church. He told his pastor, Pastor Robinson, he said, Pastor Robinson, I believe the Lord has called me to pastor. He said, all right, well, uh, we'll get to the end of the year toward pastoral appreciation and then... Uh, this is what Pastor Robinson said. He said, after you help me with my anniversary, then I'll start your church. And back in the day, uh, the pastor's appreciation, uh, which clergy appreciation is generally in October, uh, the church would gather together. Y'all remember pastor appreciation days, right? Church gathered together and, and blessed the pastor with monetary gifts and all type of different things. Uh, pastor Robinson he used the money that he received from his pastor's appreciation service to help him, Dr. Lee, start this church. And Pastor Robinson helped him start their first service that they had. 16 people joined the church, and they raised an offering of $40. So that's where the 16 members $40 came from. They all gathered together and said, uh, Reverend Lee, he was just Reverend, he wasn't doctor or pastor at that time. He said, Reverend Lee, what are you going to name the church? He puts his hand in the word of the Lord and puts his head down and he asked the Lord, Lord, what should I name the church? Now, it just so happens, and I'm, I'm in the sermon already, uh, it just so happens that he was studying Acts chapter 26. As he was studying Acts chapter 26, the name for the church 
jumped out to him. Grab your Bibles. Go to Acts chapter 26, verse 19. Acts chapter 26, verse 19. And tell me if you've ever seen our church name in the Bible. Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. And as Pastor Lee was reading this passage of scripture, the Lord said, that is what you will name the church. And so for a few moments, we want to talk on the subject, the legacy of name, the legacy of name. I'm not going to hang here long, but parents, I would encourage you to be very prayerful to make sure that whatever you name your children, that you name them according to the will of God and not just according to your present situation. Many times we name things according to where we are rather than what God has dictated. Be very careful that you seek God for clarity when it comes to naming anything. I believe we have some business owners in here. We have some entrepreneurs. I'm going to declare it in the name of Jesus. You're not going to be checking in every day. You're not going to be punching a clock all your life. Some of you, God is going to grace you with the powerful ability to gain wealth through your own businesses. Amen. And when you name your business, be very prayerful about it. Some of you, uh, even, even before uh, the, the, the next anniversary, God is going to bless you with children. Uh, uh, if you already have them, God's going to make them act right. Hallelujah. <laughs> for those of you who will have children, you're going to be prayerful about what you name them. And for those of you who are already with your children, you're going to watch your mouth and how you talk to them. Because what you say, what you say, what you say, what you name it, attaches it to a legacy. Now, just so that we're clear biblically, when you look at Acts chapter 26, what's going on here is that the Apostle Paul uh, has been engaging in Christian ministry. He's already been converted, uh, and we see his conversion in Acts chapter 9. In Acts chapter 9, it talks about how he was on the road to Damascus and how the, the, the actual presence of Jesus Christ arrested him right there. The physical manifestation of Jesus Christ appeared to him on that road, changed his whole life. He went into Damascus. He fasted for three days, was blind. The Lord sent one of the disciples, one of the local pastors of Damascus named Ananias to go and to pray for Paul, baptize him, and literally be a discipler for him so that he could prepare for the work that God was going to do. After that, of course, we see 20 chapters and many years of Christian service, and he's built churches. And he's did great things, and he's worked, and he's ministered to the people of God so much to the degree that now he has to stand before the king. He has to stand before the emperor, Agrippa, to give answer for what he's done. And as he stands before King Agrippa, he begins to express to him his testimony. 
He begins to express to him his testimony. He begins to rehearse everything that happened back in Acts chapter 9. He begins to tell him all the different things that happened. But if you read this account in Acts chapter 9, there are a few things that Luke, the writer, leaves out that Paul makes sure is in the account this time. Let me just pause parenthetically and make this statement. Uh, While it may be good that other folk know your story, make sure that you are acquainted with your own story. And make sure you know how to tell it. Uh, If I had the old church, they'd say, you can't tell it. Okay. We need to be acquainted with our story. And if you read Acts chapter 9 and Acts chapter 26, you will see there are nuances that Paul gives to the king that Luke never mentions. And so, the question that screams out from the text is, what is the heavenly vision? Am I the only one that asked that question of the text? He says, what is the heavenly vision? He says, I was not disobedient to this heavenly vision. I was not disobedient to what God showed me. Remember, Paul is knocked off of his beast. Jesus comes to him, talks to him, and tells him some things. The Bible says that the other men that were with him, they did not know what God had told him. And even when Paul got to Damascus and God told Ananias to go to Paul, God didn't give Ananias all of the backstory of what Paul was going to do. But Paul knew. Let me pause one more time parenthetically and make this statement. Don't be mad if everybody can't see what God is showing you. Hallelujah, somebody. It will be hard to convince people of heavenly things if they have an earthly mindset. And so you, you, you cannot be mad at people if they don't see what God is showing you. It is, very, it is very important that you connect yourself with people that know of God, that have an identity in God, so that when you begin to speak of the things of God, they can begin to understand your context. So what is the heavenly vision? Well, the answer really is clear because we, we, just read, we just read verse 19 and he tells the king, he says, King, now, uh, and just so, we're, just so we're clear, Paul at this very moment is making a testimony for his life. He's not preaching a sermon. He's testifying before the king who will have to determine whether he will kill Paul or let him go free. And some of you right now, you're at the very place in your life where what your life will be from this point forward will depend on what comes out of your mouth. I don't know who I'm talking to. But I feel like, I feel like there, are, there are several of us who are in here who says the trajectory of the rest of my life or at least the next five years are depending on the next words that come out of my mouth. And so Paul emphatically, humbly, yet boldly says, I was not obedient to this heavenly vision. What is the heavenly vision? Look back at verse 18. Here, Jesus speaks to Paul very clearly what he wants him to do. He says, I want you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness from sins 
and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. This was the heavenly vision. This was the very thing that Paul was called to do. This is the essence of heavenly vision. This is the very thing that Paul was obedient to. And so if we would cut across the grain, uh, we're not going to take the time to grab our our Greek lexicons and and do an exegesis of this entire passage. I just need to know what is he saying? What is all of these words, Paul? The first part of the vision is to share revelation for the sake of transformation. To share revelation for the sake of transformation. This This is what we're called to do, to share revelation for the sake of transformation. This is why many of you, uh, the power of God, uh, you've never experienced it, or even the revelation of God, you've never experienced it like you have in this church before. And, and not to say that we're the only one, but I'm just saying that we're, we're one of those churches, one of, one of the part of the body of Christ that seeks God, that makes sure that we are obedient to the heavenly vision because it's in our DNA. The first thing that we have to make sure that we're doing is share revelation for the sake of transformation. Now, that's not always easy. And that's why many of you have this love-hate relationship with heavenly vision. Because I love it, because my life has changed, but I, 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 I don't like the fact that, that God puts people here. <sighs> that, 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 that to a certain part of time, they agitate me. But another part of the time, oh my goodness, I mean, it's, it's like I can't stand them, but then they say something, and then they pray for you, and then they tweet something, and then they, they, when you're in peril, they show up for you, and you're trying to figure out what is the deal with this place, because there's revelation that comes, but the revelation comes for the sake of transformation. So while, while you came here broken and you're comfortable now, the reality is, is that now that you're comfortable, you got to be transformed. And so this is why many of you have said, I ain't coming back no more. You're still coming. Because there is something going on in the DNA of the church. It's not just about the people. It's not just about who's standing before you. But it's about the anointing that's on this house. Because there is a legacy in name. That's why it don't matter who preach on Sunday morning. That's why you don't, that's, that's why it don't matter where we meet. That's why it don't matter if we hear there, anywhere, uh, in a car, in a boat, in a train, or on a boat. <laughs> it doesn't matter because there is, there is an anointing that's attached to the legacy that's in the name. Just, just let me make my point. I promise I'm going to get out of your way. The first thing that he says, he says that uh, uh, we learn from the, the revelation of the text is that there must be revelation here and the revelation must be shared for the sake of transformation. Be very leery of places that give revelation, but they do it, watch this, for, for the sake of gratification. Or for the sake of elevation. Anybody got time for that? What God is revealing here, what God has revealed since you made it your business to be a part of this house, understand, and if y'all talk back to me if I'm lying, just tell me to sit down right now. But if, if you be honest, and, and, if, and if I be a man of God, I can declare this right now, more change has happened in your life for the better and for worse since you've been here than any other time in your life. 
You got to be honest and say, I didn't had more ups and downs since I've been here. Lisa, at least at my own place, it was all pissy, but at least I was stable. You know, I was just, I mean, we, you know, it wasn't nothing new happening, but at least I was comfortable. You know, at least it was, I, I knew who was lying. I knew who was cheating. I knew who was sleeping with who. And I, but now I got to deal with my life and I got to talk to people. I got to get out of my comfort zone. I got to deal with indifference. I got to deal, watch it. I got to deal with my own life. Where they do that at? So I got to actually talk to somebody I can't stand. So I, gotta, so I actually got to deal with myself. So you actually going to tell me to say that to my wife. And so you actually going to make me and my husband be good to each other. You going to actually make us be in this marriage, huh? You going you to actually make me be a good parent to my children. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to come in here. I'm, okay, so I'm literally going to have to start living the scripture. So I can't just quote it like everybody else, right? So I got to start living the scripture. I got to start seeing transformation in my life. I got to start, you know. He says, one of the intricate realities of heavenly vision is to share revelation for the sake of transformation. But the next thing, the next part of the, of the revelation is to foster forgiveness for the sake of sanctified unity. This is, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to go hard on anybody, but I know God has given us an anointing for forgiveness. And it ain't because of James Ray Taylor. It's because of the legacy of name. There have been reconciliations that have been made in this house. Among this people down through the years. And I'm not just talking about my tenure. I, I, I've literally seen people that shut each other. Come to this house. And be reconciled. Seeing people have, have their families and their, and their children and, and, and different things violated. But because of the work God has done in this house. Bring forth total forgiveness. He says, why, 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 why would you put us in the house to make us have to forgive our enemies? Why would, you, why would you put me in a house that, that would actually challenge me? And, and, and while I'm, I'm mad, oh, here it is, while I'm mad about being cheated on, you actually going to ask me what did I do to, to, to help foster a context of infidelity? Where they do that at? We are called to foster Forgiveness. This is why whenever there are, there are relational rifts or whenever there's a time where people don't want to forgive one another, ministry is halted. Because yes, yeah. if y'all can't forgive one another, and if revelation is not booming forth, and people are not being transformed, y'all can't do church. Y'all can't do effective ministry. And this is why every season when I felt halted, I didn't pray for God to give me a strategy. Pray, Lord, show us what we need to fix. Show me where I'm not seeing your truth and your revelation. Show me, show me where I'm not being forgiving. But why do we need to forgive? Why do we need to engage in forgiveness? 
Because we have a necessity for sanctified unity. In Genesis chapter 6, we, t- we read of the story of how, uh, how the people of God, uh, the children of God, decided that they wanted to reach God. And they determined that they were going to build themselves a, a, a tower and they were going to get to God on their own desire. And God says, no, I got to confuse the nations. I got to confuse their language. Because at this point in time, there were just one people and one tongue. He says, I got to confuse their nations. I got to confuse their languages. I got to separate them into nations. Because if they all come together, nothing can stop them. And the reality that we need to embrace in this house today is that when we come together in sanctified unity, not, not just, not, not just, not just we, 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 we a band of, of crooks and thieves, not just we all together because we all don't like somebody else. You see, I, okay, let me deal with that quickly. Be very careful of the, of the, of the cliques and factions that are created on the hatred of somebody else. Be very, be very careful of the alliances that you make because of dislike of another person. Because those are unholy alliances and those unholy alliances will be erupted not just by the hand of the enemy but by the judgment of God. But he says, I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to bring forth sanctified unity among you people. In other words, I'm going to unify you all on the work of Jesus Christ that he's done in your life individually, and it will be shared and mirrored corporately. Because if, if we be honest, if you look down your row, there are powerful testimonies on every row of this church. Come on, if, if y'all just took a moment today, and, and, and I, I, didn't, I don't know if y'all knew this or not, but we got a nice little reception next door when we finish this service. Amen. I'm excited. Can't wait to get those uh, refreshments. I don't even know what they are yet, but I'm excited. Anybody ever get excited about You just hear refreshments. You've seen it on the bottom of the program. You're like, yes. I hope it's that red punch. <laughs> that good Costco cake. You know what I mean? Hey, nothing like Costco cake, I promise. I'll eat Costco cake for breakfast, I promise I would. Anyway, back to the message. Uh, when we sit down and compare notes, we would start shouting at each other's life. We would be excited. Man, you went through that? You went through that and God kept you? you be, you've been here, you've been there, you went down that far, and yeah, you back up there. Yeah, that's amazing. And there will be a sanctified unity because all of us will have the same testimony that Jesus did it. That Jesus made a way out of no way. He opened doors for us. Let me read you a quote from Pastor Jonathan Parnell. Jonathan Parnell says, we are physically here. We are physically here, but spiritually we are there. Okay, when we all get grafted into the body of Christ, we become a part of the kingdom of God. Our soul is saved and we are given eternal life. Now that eternal life that we are given, we cannot access it in this realm. But that eternal life is held in reserve for us in heaven. I'm getting ready to close. And so what we need to understand is, is that while we are physically here 
Our spirits are intrinsically connected to heaven. Let's, let's, let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Jesus is physically there. But he's spiritually here because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And so while the very person of Jesus is in heaven, physically, but the spirit of Jesus Christ dwells among all of us because we have the indwelling of his Holy Spirit. If we were to give a proper title to the Holy Spirit, we would have to classify him as the Holy Spirit of the Christ. The Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. So now we see that there is a direct connect to heaven on earth through us. Let's let's, let's dig deeper into this. Ah, There is an overlapping of heaven and earth in the terms of dimension and even history. And Christians are called to live right in that tension. Until God's new creation overwhelms the old one, the way heaven touches the world is through his people. And so, if we ever want the people around us to have a piece of heaven, we can't take them to it. We have to show it to them. You are an ambassador of heaven. You are an ambassador of heaven. You, you are, watch this, you are a member of heavenly vision, right? But here's, here's the truth that I need to share with you. We are not just members of heavenly vision. We have the responsibility to be heavenly visions. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm almost done, minister. I mean, you know, we, we, are not just, we are not just members of this church. We are literally called by God through his holy scripture and through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to be heavenly visions. How do the people around you see heaven when they look at you? And I'm not just talking about the way you dress and, 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 and the tenor of your voice and, and the curvature of your shape or, 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 or your style or your wit. I want to know intrinsically in your spirit, how does heaven show in you? How do we see heaven in you? Again, we are not just members of heavenly vision. We have the responsibility to be Heavenly visions. We must make the daily commitment to look like heaven, bringing heaven down to earth. We must, we must make that our daily commitment. God, allow me to reveal heaven to the people I work with. Allow me to reveal heaven to the people in my family. Allow me to reveal heaven to my cohorts. Allow me to reveal heaven to my classmates. We must push back darkness through the massive flood of God's love and truth. I'm going to say this again. We must push back darkness through the massive flood of God's love and God's truth. Here it is. Too many of y'all got, a, got, you, 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 you got the truth on your tongue. You can tell anybody and everybody at any given moment all the business. But do you do it in love? 
Because I heard the apostle Paul says that, 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 that I can have all knowledge and know everything, but if I don't have love... And so we must, we, must, we must push back darkness through the massive flood of God's love and truth. If you're going to help me fix my life, make sure you love me first. If you're going to tell me about myself, make sure you love me first. But not only that, we must forge towards freedom and a faith-filled living through forgiveness and integrity. If we're going to be the people that God has called us to be, we must, we must make sure that we are forgiving. Anything, I'm, 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 I'm not going to hang here. It's not the forgiveness clinic. We'll do that in 2018. Uh, but but any, any harboring of unforgiveness that you have in your heart literally stops the flow of God's favor and grace and forgiveness in your own life. I can't make that up. Jesus teaches us this. He says that if you do not forgive, your father in heaven will not forgive you. And so many of you who are still living and still dealing with the issues that you have faced, the reality is, is that you may need to start forgiving other people. And maybe you won't feel so condemned in your own self. But as we do that, we also must walk in integrity. We also must be men and women who can honestly say, this is where I messed up. This is what I did wrong. These are the decisions I made. But by the grace of God, I want to do better. I close by saying that there have been many that have come and asked me, when is, when is Jesus coming back? I mean, and some people may say that's, that's weird, but as a preacher, you, you kind of have to know all things Jesus, right? Don't be a pastor. Oh, Lord, don't be a bishop. Oh, my goodness, you got all the secrets. <laughs> uh, you can engage in spiritual insider trading, can't you? When are you coming back? When I look at my watch, I can't tell you when. I, I don't have a time for you. I can't, I can't look at the clock and tell you when Jesus is coming back. But I can, I can tell you this, though. When Jesus from heaven looks down upon earth, and when Jesus sees his church on earth reflecting heaven, when Jesus from heaven looks down at the church, and sees the church reflecting heaven, not back to heaven, but reflecting heaven to the earth. He's coming back. I don't believe you. Master, teach us how to pray. Thy will be done on earth. As it is in heaven. God brought you to this church. God brought you under this moniker of a ministry. So that he could use your life as a reflection of heaven on earth to humanity. You are not just 
a church member. You are not just a Christian. You are not just a believer. But you are a heavenly vision. You are the very one that God has called for this day, this time, and this season. So that when you rise up in the morning and you see your father. And your father speaks to you. And you walk out in this world. That when people see you, they don't see you. But they see the father which is in heaven. When you operate in grace and when you operate in excellence, when you operate in favor, they will see the God in you. And heaven will come down to earth. We are the ones that produce heaven on earth. And for that very reason, in case you never knew it before, in case you never heard it until this day, this is why we are heavenly vision. This is why we are heavenly vision. I, I, wish, I wish I had somebody that would just say, we are heavenly vision. We are heavenly vision. We are heavenly Father, I pray for every man, woman, boy, and girl who has the good fortune of being a part of this work. I pray now in the name of Jesus that you would awaken us to the legacy of name. That we will understand that there are things that you have stored up for us simply because of what our name is. So, Father, I pray for every person who is a part of this work. I pray, Father God, that you open their hearts, minds, and spirits, that you bring them into a shocking reality of the power they have within them, that they have the ability to show heaven on earth. Allow them, Father God, to know even as your scripture has said that, that because of the finished work of Christ Jesus, you have set us in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That very seat that we have is in the spirit. And even though we operate in the flesh, Father God, we pray that we would consistently close the void, close the chasm between our flesh and our spirit by walking in the flesh in the spirit so that we will bring forth heaven on earth so that we can say with confidence we are heavenly vision. So we declare this thing to be done and it is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do you know more about your church name today? Do you feel more confident of why your church is named what it's named? Amen. Amen. Enjoy the message. Share what you gain by leaving a review. Leaving a review helps us to share the gospel with others. And here at Heavenly Vision, that is our vision. To reach, save, strengthen, and mature. We love you. Have a great week.